Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs for their support of the podcast. Wall of Fame is on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com for more information. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate money for your department, but also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. See exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. We also want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. We use surveys at our schools for years, and the feedback is almost always overwhelmingly positive which is a tremendous tool to have when you're talking about evaluating your program. They can also help find that squeaky wheel parent that just needs time to vent, or maybe they're going to help you find a small issue that you can address before it becomes a big issue that you wouldn't be able to if you didn't do the survey. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student-athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to thank Snap Raise for their support. Better fundraising makes better programs. Go to snapraise.com and depart from the fundraising headaches from the past. Uh, no more selling products or managing lists or inventories. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is critical, and the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference can have all the impact for your school. It's easy and effective, it's safe and secure, and you can track participation and progress. Our coaches use SnapRaise, and it was just fantastic. Go to SnapRaise.com and check out the testimonials and see the thousands and thousands of dollars that they've helped teams raise. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com for more information. We also want to thank Huddle. At Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help raise the performance of their athletes using video and analytics. As a head football coach, I used Huddle for years. And as an athletic director, we were a Huddle school. Our coaches love the cameras, the software, the analytics, of course, um, they, it was easy to program and the huddle support was just fantastic. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, 
and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit them. If you want to find out more about how Huddle can help you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration. And Final Forms is more than that. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and they provide your stakeholders with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your parents with things like uh, policy reminders, physicals, and all the forms that go with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication, with attendance, and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. If you want to take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake and find out how to become a member of the Final Forms team. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the trusted leader in digital ticketing. Hometown helps thousands of schools and organizations across the country seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, their families, and their fans. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And to find out more about how Hometown Ticketing can help you and your program, go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their professionals. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And we want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors, coaches, and schools are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels in seconds. You can do it on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so simple, even I can do it. We use Gipper to announce our podcasts. Uh, they created the backdrop for our podcast with a Gipper template. Go to gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We are truly visiting with a good friend today. Uh, we were both members of the very first NIAAA cohort experience. Our guest today is Michael Duffy. Michael's a certified master athletic administrator and he is the supervisor of athletics for the Carroll County Public School System in Westminster, Maryland. We've been trying to get this on for a long time. We're finally doing it. Michael Duffy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jake. It's great to be with you. Well, uh, we were talking a little bit um, you know, before we came on. Um, obviously, for you, it's starting to get a busy time. For our listeners, we're recording this on July 22nd. So those fall workouts, uh, if they're not already going, they're just around the corner. So let's get started. Uh, Michael, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that uh, quick bio where you were born, uh, grew up and went to college, and then we'll take sure. a quick break and come back and hear about the, you know, your career path. But uh, what's the Michael Duffy story? Yeah, I, I grew up in uh, just outside Baltimore, Maryland. I'm a, I'm a Maryland guy, born and bred. Um, uh, I grew up, I went, I uh, grew up in Towson, Maryland. Um, I played sports growing up. I played just about anything we could played in the streets. Um, you know, uh, played pick up football, pick up soccer. Um, not really much for basketball being, uh, due to diminutive stature. Um, but, um, 
just I, I love playing sports all the time. Baseball was always my, my I would say it was my first love and continues to be, although I was not nearly as good as I would have liked to have been. Um, in high school, honestly, I um, right before high school, I, um, I, I switched everything up. Um, baseball kind of went out the out the window and I, uh, I, I broke my wrist. Uh, unfortunate accident, just never recovered real well with it. So um, in high school, I tried to go play football and I did. I wouldn't say I was particularly good. And I wrestled um, and I just, I, I had a great time. Um, then from there, I, I graduated from the University of Maryland, um, mostly intramural sports, just having a good time. I, I graduated with a degree in special education and went about and got hired as, as a special educator in, um, in a nearby county. And my second year, I decided that I was ready to try coaching. I was teaching in a middle school and I applied to be a wrestling coach. And for, I'm not sure I was necessarily even greatly qualified for it, but they, they um, needed a wrestling coach and they hired me. And the year after that, um, and, and we were bad. I mean, I, I, I would say I was an average coach and I think we went one and eight my first year. Um, and, and the one was a, another team that was really, really bad. Um, and um, I was able to start to recruit some more kids. I moved to the high school, um, recruited a, a, an outstanding coaching staff um, where, you know, once uh, biggest thing was chip, uh, we all had an opportunity to check our egos. And um, by year, year five, uh, I was, I was really fortunate with a great group of kids and a great group of coaches we were able to be really successful, win a state dual championship. So um, it, it's entirely based on kids and coaches. Um, and that was also um, my first year where I got to uh, be an athletic director. So I started as an athletic director in the, I started in July of 2001. Uh, I stayed at that school, uh, Mount Hebron High School for five years. And then our position went to become a full-time administrative position. So. I applied for that and got transferred to a nearby school. And I spent 13 years there before I um, had an opportunity to move to Carroll County, where I am now, um, to be uh, supervisor of athletics for a school system with, with seven high schools. And um, it, it's funny that, that we're doing this today because today is the day number one of year four. I started on uh, July 22nd, 2019, uh, just before COVID. And, and now here I am, uh, as I said, day one of year four in Carroll County Public Schools. And it's just, um, it, it's a great opportunity. And um, I, I love it. And I, you talk about the cohort you and I did, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that. But that certainly helped fuel me to get this position. It was huge. Oh, very cool. I, I love listening to the stories. You know, when you started talking about your wrestling, uh, you know, that first wrestling job, I think for many of us, um, you know, those first jobs they, they needed a coach and, and we just happened to be there. You know, we might not have been, you know, uh, coach of the year material, but uh, every time somebody talks about that, you know, um, wrestling coach experience with a, let's say a challenging team, we won't say a bad team. Uh, it makes me think of that movie. Uh, Do you ever see that movie with Paul Giamatti win, win? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that, but right, wrong, good or bad. That's my image of, 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 of high school wrestling. And my high school, I play basketball, but our high school wrestling team was outstanding. So I digress. Uh, our guest today is Michael Duffy, certified master athletic administrator. And he is the supervisor of athletics of athletics 
for Carroll County Public Schools in Westminster, Maryland. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with a lot more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our friends at Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to gipper.com and find out how athletic directors, coaches, and schools are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device and without needing any design experience. It's so simple, even I can do it. We announce all of our podcasts using uh, Gipper templates. Our backdrop is a Gipper template. Go to gipper.com and start creating world-class marketing content for your school's athletic department. Welcome back, everyone. Our guest today is Michael Duffy, Certified Master Athletic Administrator. Mike, you talked a little bit about that career path, how you started out coaching and then became an AD, but um, it's a big jump going from building AD to, you know, county or district AD, where now you're overseeing, you know, not just one coaching staff, but in multiple coaching staffs and their ADs. Talk a little bit about that. You know, what are some of the similarities and what are some of the challenges of, of being that supervisor? It's a great question. I think um, it's kind of um, a, a step process. You know, be, being a coach, we're overseeing our students and we're helping to educate and, and help them grow as individuals and become better at their craft. And I liken the job of an athletic director in, the, in a building to being the coach of the coaches. Um, that's our job. Our job is to help them grow, help them become better at their craft. And there's more responsibility because in addition, in that building um, capacity, we're also overseeing students still. We're, having, we're maintaining those relationships, getting to spend a lot of time, but in a different capacity with the students. Our, our focus is always the students, but our immediate impact is more often with the coaches. And as I've now moved into the position of supervisor at athletics here in Carroll County, and as I mentioned, we have seven high schools. Um, my job is the coach of the athletic directors. So it, it, it is the same idea. My job is to help them grow, help them improve on their job so that they can help their coaches improve on their job so that they can help their students improve on their job. Um, so the, the work I do, it, I may, I'd like to hope that it spreads out and, and works and flows to everybody. So what it really is a matter of is keeping the focus at all times still on our students. Um, the biggest detriment to my position is um, I didn't originally work in this county. So it's taken a lot more time building relationships, but I think that's very important. But I'm also further removed from students by virtue of the position. And I get out to a lot of games, but I'm also a name people see. And I, I don't have those same um, personal relationships a lot of time with students. And I, to me, that's a detriment because that's always been one of my favorite parts uh, of athletic administration. Um, I do have an opportunity to have personal relationships, but it's just not the same. And, um, but as far as overseeing the entire county, it's setting that tone, working in conjunction with our board of education, with, with our superintendent, so that we can ensure that our program definitely hits the positive aspects of educational athletics. And, and that's always our focus. So I get to work with just an outstanding group of athletic administrators who 
have the have a great focus, who keep their egos in check, don't aren't competing with each other, and are really working well as a cohesive unit. I've it is if I were to pick a team, they'd be my first seven picks. It really is just an outstanding group, and and for me, it, it I'm very fortunate to work with them. Oversee, but from the perspective, it's that it's that same idea of coaching a team. It's just it's a different level team who has their own level team who has their own level team and so forth. But it, it's just it, it's the same concept as when I first became a wrestling coach and had a few kids on the team. I was coaching them, and and that and from that perspective, I'm doing the same thing again. You know, looking at, you know, coordinating different schools, different staffs, et cetera, how important is collaboration with you, for you in this particular job? It's huge. Um, I, I am a huge consensus decision maker. Um, it's very important to me that we work on the same page and it helps that Again, I have I work with seven people who have a similar focus um, and similar priorities. Obviously, everybody has their own um, their own biases, their own opinions they bring to each um, action and each decision. But we share a common philosophy, and, and that's so huge that when we come together to make decisions, everyone has a voice, everyone has an opportunity to speak. And we really work pretty well to get to that consensus building where we're, we're in agreement. We walk out the room and, and, and we're together on it. But for me, it's making sure that we all have have stake in the game, um, that we all, have, we all have skin in the game. We all have a stake in making sure that the program we design and that we're implementing is the best thing uh, for our students. No, absolutely. That uh, fostering that team concept, you know, that, you know, hey, we're all in this together. Very cool stuff. Once again, for listeners, our guest today is Michael Duffy. He's a certified master athletic administrator, and he is the supervisor of athletics for the Carroll County Public School System in Westminster, Maryland. We're going to take another break, but please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support. Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards not only create income for your department, but they create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, you and I have been doing this for a long time. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, we were both mentors in, or we were both uh, members of that first uh, NIAAA cohort. Um, and one of the things you figure out uh, is that you don't do this on your own. Uh, there's so many people that helped us on the way. So who are some of the people that have helped you along the way? The expression I like to use is I still hear those voices in my head. So um, any voices that you still hear? Um, honestly, my number one voice at almost all times is my older brother. Um, he and I still talk uh, multiple times a day. Uh, he lives, as I mentioned, he lives in San Diego. I live in Maryland. We don't see each other quite as often as we'd like. Um, but he's, 
for the majority of our adult lives, uh, I'd say we've been each other's best friends and, and he's my moral grounding. And I, I like to think that occasionally I can help him as well. Um, so that's always my number one voice that I, that I hear all the time that, and um, we, we keep each other honest and um, communication's great. Professionally, um, I've had some just outstanding coaches with whom I've worked, even when I was the athletic administrator um, and essentially the supervisor, um, some, some great coaches who helped me see a better perspective and see, uh, I mean, I, I would never have been in this job if not uh, for a basketball coach who suggested me that I apply for the job. Um, Cause I, I, you know, I was, I was a you know, third or fourth year wrestling coach and thinking, um, I, I don't know, one thing about athletic administration, I, I see what our AD is doing and yeah, that's not me. Um, but I had a coach who said, you know, I really think you should do this. And I said, all right. Um, because, you know, shockingly, um, I did not go to high school or college and say athletic administration is the way I want to go. Um, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be, I wanted to be a special education teacher and I was content to do that. Um, but further professionally, um, uh, my biggest mentor, at least from uh, the NIAAA perspective, uh, is Ron Belenko, who now lives in Delaware. Um, he was the he was actually the coordinator of athletics when I was in high school in Baltimore County, uh, and then he was still the coordinator when I graduated, and he was still the coordinator when I became an AD. Uh, in fact, he was the coordinator I think before I was even born. Um, he was there for 857 years or so. Um, finally re retired, but he certainly um, helped bring me along, brought me into um, teaching courses and um, really helped to uh, foster one of my um, passions, which is professional development. Um, and I love the I, I love the concept and try and live the concept of lifelong learning, but I also try to promote that. And he really helped promote that with me. He saw something in me. I'm still not quite sure what it is, um, but I, I, I choose not to argue um, that this is something I could do. And he brought me on to the national faculty um, of, of courses, included me. Um, so it, it was such a huge um, opportunity that expanded my view of what athletic administration was, because I was very um, focused on my school. Um, I say my, the school where I worked because uh, I, I, and the coaches with whom I worked and slightly out to the county where I worked at the time had 12 high schools and still does, um, but kind of that focus. And then he brought me, he helped widen my focus to let's look at the, the state of Maryland. What can we, what can you do that's gonna benefit the state of Maryland? All right you need to get to the national conference. What are you gonna do that's gonna benefit others? And for me, it was such an outstanding opportunity and has, I think, helped me grow just by exposure to so many people across the state of Maryland, across the country, and as well as internationally to, I'd like to think that I'm, I'm better because of all the people with whom I've had an opportunity to work. I steal ideas. I sometimes, I'm hopeful maybe some point in time, people have stolen my ideas um, because I think that's the greatest compliment um, that someone has found something I've said and said, wow, that's really good um, or something I've done and, and thought it's worthwhile. Uh, but it, Ron Belenko and then also um, my, my other mentor who was within my own county was Mike Williams, who then went to um, Pennsylvania and worked at Gettysburg High School. 
the two of them really helped foster my desire to grow and de better develop as a professional in athletic administration. So it wasn't just, all right, I've got to take care of this school and this group of coaches and this group of kids. But without that, I don't think I'd be in a position where I am now thinking from a much broader perspective. So, um, and then all the people within the NIAAA, and I, I, I know if I start naming, I'm not going to name, um, I'm not going to name enough, you know, Daryl Nance, who ran our um, cohort, I, I still rely on his thoughts. Um, and I, I, I still talk with many of, many of our cohort members to try, you know, because the work you all do, it goes on and on. I mean, you're retired and still doing this nonstop and it's great. And I listen to it. I read your book. Um, I, I gave my, I gave your book to all of our ADs because I think there's just such great information. So everyone through the NIAAA has helped me become better and better at what I do just by listening and, and taking in what they say and trying to find ways to adapt it to my, to our needs and my own personal needs. Wow. Um, I still remember my first NIAAA con uh, conference years ago, and Ron Belenko was one of the presenters. So, uh, you know, very cool. And I don't know if I've ever told you this. Uh, when we were in our cohort, um, you know, part of the process, you know, every, you know, I think it was about every month, uh, you know, we would share in that Zoom conference. Actually, no, this wasn't in the Zoom conference. This was in our final meeting uh, where we're sitting around the round table. And we were all sharing something. And I don't know if you remember this, you shared uh, that, you know, one of the, I'm probably butchering this. So, um, but I, I think you said something like one of the best ideas I got out of this was from Jake Fonchier, you know, his phrase, everything you see is either coached or allowed. And I, I, I should have, I should have told you at the moment, but I, the, the warmness in my heart was just, oh my goodness, somebody actually likes my idea. Uh, and I'd been an athletic director for 38 years. So uh, thank you for, for that comment. <laughs> I still use that statement. I still give you credit for it. I, I never take it as my own, but it really, it hits home so well and perfectly encapsulates exactly what I was thinking and couldn't think of the way, couldn't find a way to articulate it. So I, I, could, I thank you for that because it really does show us our impact as athletic administrators, as coaches, as coaches of coaches. Um, here's how essential doing our job is and the impact we can have. Oh, well, again, thank you. And as I think I mentioned, I didn't invent that. I wish I knew where I read that or where I heard it but I've been using it for, you know, over 30 years. So, um, you know, thank you for our listeners. Uh, our guest today is Michael Duffy. He's a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the supervisor of athletics for the, I got to find it here. I'm having a mental moment, uh, Carroll County public schools in Westminster, Maryland. We're going to take another break. I know that's a shock, uh, but let's hear from our podcast sponsors. This is the educational AD podcast. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leader in digital ticketing. Hometown provides thousands of schools and organizations across the country and helps them seamlessly provide convenient digital ticketing options for their communities, their families, and their fans. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And to find out more, 
about how hometown ticketing can help you and your program, go to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, we've we've talked a bit about um, you know your journey with um, NIAAA. Uh, obviously, the cohort is I don't want to say that culminating experience, but it's you know it occurs later on in your career. But um, take our listeners back to the beginning. When did you first hear about uh, NIAAA and your state association, and how did you get involved? Um, honestly, it probably wasn't, uh, people had talked about, you know, our state conference, uh, when I first started and I simply, I was, um, a young father. Um, I, uh, I was busy, um, managing, um, family and school. And I thought, I, I just don't have time. Um, I really don't have time for this. I, I need to just focus on teaching, being an AD, being a coach, being a dad, being a husband, um, and, and it, not in that order. Um, but these are my, these are my priorities and this other stuff, maybe at some point I'll have time. And then a couple of the ADs in the, in our County were saying, you know, you should probably take a couple courses. You may want certification to be a good thing. We think this is going to benefit. We're trying to look towards, um, making our job full-time because at that point it was uh, a small stipend. I want to say it was, I got a one period, one or two periods of planning a day and, uh, $4,000 a year. Um, it really wasn't much. And so uh, they're like, well, we think this is going to, and it had been that way for years and years, always been that way. It wasn't ever going to change. We think, um, we might be able to go to a full-time position. Um, it, it really helped if everybody sort of uh, has some level of certification. I said, okay, well, I'll look into this. Um, so, uh, so I started to take a couple, uh, leadership training courses and, I thought, okay, well, this has some interesting information. And then that was when, as I mentioned earlier, Mike Williams and Ron Belenko kind of grabbed me and said, keep going, keep doing this. Um, and I, I took some, most of the courses I was taking were, were online at that point. Uh, I think through Ohio University, I did 501 and 502. Um, Dr. John Olson did a um, webinar um, or a, an online course of 504. Uh, and I took 506 uh, actually in person, or maybe he did 506, I did 504. I remember the first time I finally took a course uh, in person and, and I sat for the, um, and I, I'd been doing this a couple of years, I sat for the CAA exam. And I walked out of the room and said, no, nah, I don't think I got anything right. And a couple of weeks later, I got, I got a call that, or I got a call or an email, I forget what it was that, hey, congratulations, you passed. And I, I remember having that feeling of excitement, I had accomplished something. And never being one to be content, I said, all right, well, I need to keep going. Now I need to get myself to a national conference. Um, and it was in uh, 2005 in Orlando. So I said, I'm going. All right. And I packed up the family. We all went down. Um, and I remember I took, I think, four LTIs um, during the time, which I had zero time to do anything else. I felt like I was sitting in class the entire time. Um, and then the next year it was in Anaheim. I went out to Anaheim and one of the instructors who was supposed to work with uh, Ron Belenko, his flight got delayed or something, wasn't able to be there. Ron says, hey, I need you to come in and teach with me. I'm thinking, you're going to give me an hour planning to come in and, and teach a course to people from around the country and not look like a total buffoon. Sounds like a great plan. Uh, but 
and I and I got in there and I um, felt like this is what this is where I am. I, I mean, at heart, I like to think I'm a teacher, and this it felt right. And I started to continue to work and I wound up replacing the gentleman who didn't uh, make it out that time working with Ron. And it really became um, just a true love of that ongoing professional development. And I kept taking courses and I um, then said, you know what, I'm going to design a project so that I can earn my um, certified master athletic administration. Um, certified master um, athletic administration um, certification. It's very important to me. Um, and it, it that then combined my two biggest passions, which I said were professional development. And my number two one is um, student leadership. And I really focused on a project developing student leadership at the school level because where I was, I felt we were lacking. So it for me, it all just came together. And it was a series of taking so many courses um, listening to so many other people, getting different perspectives, and that national exposure, I think, really helped to it. It, it congealed, and it, wow, this all makes sense now. It wasn't that LTC five hundred one turned on the light bulb. It wasn't uh, LTC seven hundred nine. It wasn't. Uh, it, it was sudden. It was all this um, combination of the many, which finally got me to go, wow. It, 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 it all works together so well, and it helped continue to make me think of what can I do that's going to make this better? Because um, I, I try and say, my job is great, but my job is to leave it better than when I got here, uh, wherever I am. And how, and is what I'm doing a, a, a quick fix or is it long-term? And sometimes they're both okay. But the NIAAA, the state association, and the many people with whom I've worked over the years, it's really helped me to see how do I make it better? How can I pay it forward? And sometimes it's mentoring uh, new ADs. Sometimes it is, um, sometimes it's listening. Sometimes, for me, it's, it's so many different things, but it really, really has been important in my professional growth to have these associations um, expose me to thinking to things that maybe I was not thinking, or with with your statement about everything we see is either um, coached. I've substituted the word tolerated. Um, you go with allowed, whatever. Um, but helping me see things from a different perspective has really been um, great for my professional growth, and I'm hopeful that I'm then able to help others grow as well through it. Oh, great, great story. I love listening to these. Uh, our regular listeners uh, hear me say that all the time, but it's true. Um, you know, and my path was, you know, similar, but different. Uh, I, I took my first LTI course, uh, kind of on a whim, our state association was sponsoring it during the summer. And I was hooked immediately, you know, the just the whole uh, professionalism of the instructors, um, you know, the, you know, uh, the, the certification steps, etc. I came home, uh, signed up for the uh, rest of the required courses that fall, took them all online, flew to Dallas that year for my first conference and sat for the exam, had the same feelings. I, I knew I missed everything. Uh, and sitting in a, in another LTI course there in Dallas, uh, talking with some other ADs, got the genesis of the idea 
for what became my CMA project. And it was also in student leadership. So uh, just great, great, really appreciate you sharing that. And uh, I think it's important for our, you know, our younger ADs to hear about the, the journeys that, you know, old guys, you know, like you and I take. <laughs> for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Michael Duffy, good friend. He's a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the supervisor of athletics for the Carroll County Public School System in Westminster, Maryland. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Final Forms for their support. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration, but there's so much more than that. Final Forms is a team. They are technology, and they provide schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, and they have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance and even certification management for coaches. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Michael, one of the things we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some things that you do uh, at your schools or maybe you've seen at other schools that um, when you take a step back, you go, boy, we really do a great job with this. Uh, do you have any best practices you can share? Well, if we have best practices, we have growing practices. Um, uh, and I think one of the things that we're, that we're implementing this year and I'm really, really excited about is a mentor coach program. Uh, and we've been designing it. And when I got hired, that was one of the things I said I wanted to do. And then COVID stepped in before my first year was over. So as I'm starting year four, I feel like we're almost back. We're, we're almost on solid footing for year one. Um, but that's okay. Um, but I'm really excited about what we've designed as a mentor coach program. We were able to find funding for it. Um, and we're putting in a mentor coach at each school at each, for each season. And their job is to um, spend time and work with our younger coaches, but also keeping track and touching base with our, our more experienced coaches as well, with helping them to navigate a, a lot of the pitfalls that newer and younger coaches um, find themselves, uh, in which they find themselves. Uh, because what I have found is the things that keep us the most busy with decisions of coaches have nothing to do with X's and O's. It has to do with what I would like to say is the, what were you thinking? Um, and one of the things we wanted to do was try and help people be prepared and work through those issues by having someone work with them so that, they, so that we're not, so that I'm not spending the next two weeks cleaning up, but what were you thinking? Um, and finding coaches and finding experienced coaches who are out of season or retired, whatever, but in the building who know their craft, who are good um, to help those coaches really come along. And we've set up a framework. Um, we've set up, you know, a, a 
uh, a form to, to help document what is being done. Because for example, with a football coach, I don't have to, um, I know what they're doing. I can go and watch a practice. I can go and watch a game. I can see what they've done with, with a mentor coach. I may not be able to necessarily see what they're doing. How do I know their impact? Um, so we've spent a lot of time over the last year developing, um, something that we're really, really excited about to be starting in the next few weeks to have, to better prepare our, uh, those younger and newer coaches for all the stuff beyond the X's nose, how to run a parent meeting. Um, that, that, cause you know, it, that first impression is huge. How to deal with team selection. How, how do you sit there and, and tell a sobbing uh, kid whose entire life revolves around the sport that, wow, I really appreciate what you did. However, it, this is not, you're not on this team. You're not going to be able to make this team this year. And it's tough and it's tough. And it's, no one likes to tell people no. No one likes to give bad news. None of us wake up in the morning and go, boy, I'm looking forward to ruining some kid's life. Um, it's more of, wow, but sometimes we need to make those hard decisions. We need to have those difficult conversations, but we need to do it from a human perspective. And being cold isn't always the right thing to do. Uh, it rarely is. So all those things we're trying to work with our, um, with our coaches and our, our mentor coach is one thing that I, I'm really excited about. Um, other best practices, I'm a huge proponent of um, ongoing professional development. We do a book study every single year with our ADs um, and we spend time at our monthly AD meetings reviewing the book, going through a few chapters, having some what I would like to think is deep discussion of what is this doing and how is it making us better at our jobs? Um, it's not just reading for reading sake. It's not reading because I assigned it. Um, it's more of reading of how can we help each other to grow because um, of our seven uh, athletic directors and myself, um, I'm not the oldest. I'm not uh, the most, well, actually now I am the most experienced. The other ones uh, have since retired. Um, but I don't believe for, for a second, I'm the smartest person in the room. Um, one of the greatest things I ever heard on, on a podcast one time is if you're the smartest person in the room, get out, find a new room. Cause you're not being challenged. If you're the fastest person on the team, find a new team because you're not being challenged. Always find some way to challenge yourself. And I, I try and do that. Um, as I said, I work with an outstanding group of people. Um, I don't believe that they don't work for me. I work with them. Um, and, and that's a, it's a huge thing. But our, our best practices are about professional development, and, I, and I'm hopeful, and, and I believe one of our things we try and focus on is how can we do that to better grow our coaches, because we want to keep them. Um, it, it's an investment of hiring a coach. So if we can help them work through those difficult times, we may be able to keep them longer, which is going to benefit our kids with less turnover. So again, it all comes back to for me, what are we doing that's going to make it better for our kids? It's their experience. They've only got four years at high school. If they have three coaches in four years, that's not the best experience, I don't think. Now, if they have bad coaches, we want to, we want to bring in our best coaches. But we want to take the coaches we hire. When we decide to hire, we've made an investment. We want, to, we want them to be successful. As I told, uh, we hired two ADs in the last year because of two retirements. I told the two people we hired, I am committed to your success. Your success is what drives me. And, and I truly believe that. I believe my job is to help them be successful. 
Their job is to help their coaches be successful, whose job is to help their kids be successful. It all works that same way I talked from the beginning, but I'm, I am invested in their success because to me, that shows I'm doing my job. Now, I, again, I, I just love the idea of, you know, having those uh, mentoring coaches for those, you know, younger coaches. Uh, you talked about those tough conversations. Uh, uh, you know, you and I have been doing this for years, but uh, that young coach, they don't realize that everybody else on the staff is having that same challenge. I'm not going to say problem. Uh, and just knowing that they're not alone, that, you know, geez, you have to, you know, deal with this too. You know, very good stuff. And uh, you mentioned the book study. Uh, I, I recommend this book. We did it uh, a while back. It's probably about 10 years old. It's called Teammates Matter. Um, Alan uh, Williams was the author. Um, we, we actually flew him into our school. He presented to our parents, presented to our, our kids. Um, it's, it's a short book, Teammates Matter. If you're looking for one for next year, strongly recommend it. Okay. Uh, our guest is uh, Michael Duffy, Certified Master Athletic Administrator. Uh, we're going to take another break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. As an athletic director, we were a Huddle school. Our coaches just loved it. Uh, the smart cameras in our gym, the uh, analytics and the programmable software, and their customer service was just fantastic. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high school and colleges, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams perform at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student-athletes and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit them. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their experts. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Michael Duffy from the Carroll County Public School System in Westminster, Maryland. Mike, one of the questions we've been asking our EDs has to do with this idea of uh, toughness. A um, hundred years ago when I was in high school, you know, our, our coaches would say things like, come on, Jake, you got to be tough or come on, Jake, you got to suck it up. And we kind of knew what they meant and we did it. Uh, since then, we figured out much better ways to communicate these ideas to our student athletes. But I still think toughness is an important part of the athletic experience and for life itself. So my question to you is, how can we help kids to develop toughness while also being sensitive to the very real social, emotional challenges that a Generation Z kid experiences that uh, even you or I never had to go through? Do you have any advice? I think we need to and I know this sometimes becomes a taboo phrase, but we need to create a safe space where kids can fail and understand that failure is part of growth. Um, and, but we have to create, it has to start the, with those relationships we develop with them of, it's not just, I'm going to say, you're going to fail, but it's, you're going to have difficulty and we're here to support. That's our job as administrators. That's a coach's job. Um, but it needs to be 
communicated, this is how it's going to, this is going to happen. You're going to fail at in, in certain things in life. You're not always going to get everything you want. And that's part of life. But here's what we're going to do to help support you and help you grow with it. Um, but it's got to be, um, we need to be compassionate in explaining that and um, providing those supports. Um, truly, I, I joke all the time, but I'm 100% serious. I can't imagine being a teenager in this day and age. Um, I mean, I, I think of having the entire world at your fingertips. I remember, you know, we used card catalogs. We used encyclopedias. We, we didn't have Google was a, a crazy word for a, a one with a what was it a million or a thousand zeros after right, right, it's right. not it wasn't my source of all information that i could ever imagine um so it, it's much more difficult i i was um talking to, to to in fact my brother the other day and i was explaining that you know i remember working with my daughter to get her license and practicing driving and Sometimes she wants to, sometimes she doesn't. I, I said, I can't imagine I wanted to get my license because it was my way of escape. And, and I, was saying, I was saying that to my wife as well. And her response was, well, they don't need a car to escape. The escape is in their hand on a computer or a phone. And it's hmm. a very different world um, than, than a lot of the coaches um, and, and certainly many of the athletic administrators because athletic administrators tend to be a little older than the coaches, not always, um, uh, in which we um, dealt and grew. So it's understanding that being tough is a different frame of mind. Um, and, and sometimes getting through the day can be tough. And, you know, it's easy to say, oh, the kids today, they don't understand how rough it is. This, you know, we, we, we worry about this heat and we worry about that. And we should. Um, we've learned and we've grown um, and we've gotten a better understanding of how, how the body works, how, um, how we react to different stimuli. And we should, and our education um, has, our understanding of education has changed and it needs to, and athletics needs to adapt to that. So part of, I think the most important thing we do to understand and encourage toughness is to make it okay to fail without being a failure that okay it's it's growing from the setbacks and providing our kids an opportunity to find success but understand that when there's not success it's not the end um there, there in every contest there's a winner and there's a loser um that doesn't mean the team who loses is doomed for life and helping them to understand let's keep things in perspective so that they can it's all for me it's really all about growth and becoming better and we develop that toughness through under through dealing with the setbacks and coming back stronger but it has to be with the support of the adults who are helping to oversee that yeah, you're so right. Um, you know, sports itself is, you know, overcoming those challenges and those hardships for, you know, Hey, you know, we, we love playing it. No, by the way, we like to win too, but it's just, it's fun doing that, you know, meeting those challenges, but you need to communicate all of those components, you know, to the kids and sometimes to the parents too, you know, because the parents are fearful of 
their children failing. Uh, you know, forget about the kid. Great, great stuff. Once again, our guest today is Michael Duffy, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Supervisor of Athletics for the Carroll County Public School System in Westminster, Maryland. We're going to take another break, uh, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thanks to Snap Raise. Go to snapraise.com and check out their fundraising platform. Better fundraising makes better programs. And snapraise.com gets you away from the fundraising headaches of the past. Our coaches use Snapraise, and it was just tremendous. Uh, and choosing the best fundraiser for your group is critical. And the Snapraise fundraising difference includes it's easy and effective, safe and secure, and you can track participation and progress. Go to snapraise.com and check out their testimonials and see the thousands and thousands of dollars that they've helped athletic departments and teams raise over the years. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com and see how they can help you and your program raise thousands of dollars. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, you and I were talking during the break about uh, sportsmanship, and you know it, it's it's one of those things. Uh, you know, I, I think um, you know one person practicing sportsmanship is better than a thousand people preaching the benefits. But uh, uh, you and I are both big proponents of sportsmanship. So, what are some of your thoughts on it uh, in the world of educational athletics today? I feel as though we too often lose sight of the meaning of especially high school educational athletics um, and get sucked into demeaning um, statements, actions towards opponents, towards officials from fans. Um, and I think we need to try and refocus back to the positive um, cheering for our teams as opposed to denigrating the opponent. And I think it becomes too easy um, especially, again, especially at the high school level. I think um, professional athletes, I'm not a fan of, of doing that either, um, but at the same point, they're paid. Um, and hearing booze is one thing. It needs to not be personal. And, and that is the biggest problem for me. Uh, we try and focus on sportsmanship, but as, as you said, one person practicing is better than a thousand preaching. That's true. Um, a sad part is more often than not, we see one person practicing positive sportsmanship for every 10 who are not. Um, and it, it, people get too sucked into um, groupthink and acting. If one person acts um, inappropriately, then others feel that's their, um, that's their intro to, to join in. Um, but it, it certainly, it, it I, I think it definitely is fueling um, our, difficulty with recruiting officials and recruiting coaches. Um, when people in the stands um, begin to make things personal about coaches and coaching decisions, I understand why we're having difficulty recruiting coaches. When um, I, I once heard an official on a, on a um, podcast interview, I, I forget what it was, say, it's hard to stay neutral when it becomes personal. Um, officials job is to show up and be perfect on day one and get better from there, um, which is an impossible standard. And people 
don't understand and often don't respect the amount of work that officials have to put in just for a high school athletic event. Um, it's not as simple as show up and make the calls, which of course half the calls are wrong for one team. Um, so it's, it really has become a difficult thing. I know in Maryland, one of the things we've tried to do is have officials appreciation weeks where we um, actively um, encourage, uh, where we, we, we do presentations for the officials before the games to make sure that, you know, we're reminding everyone of how essential they are. Um, without officials, we don't have high school sports. And it really falls very much in line with, um, with that sportsmanship component. But it's, it is very, very concerning when you look, when we look across the country at how, at actions that are taken against officials, attacks that are taken at youth leagues, in summer leagues, in high school leagues. Um, I, I understand why people don't want to do it. And our students, I think, in the moment, in the game, those who are participating understand it. Yes, they get frustrated at calls, but they understand how essential their officials are. I think when it comes down to we start to lose games, maybe other people will start to realize it. Um, I did have some officials tell us that during COVID, when we had no fans during our basketball games, it was among their best games they ever officiated because there was no one screaming at them. Um, that's sad. Um, it, it's disappointing. But I think we have an opportunity to turn it around and try and show the benefits of sportsmanship, show the positive ways of doing things, encouraging, um, rewarding those who behave appropriately, who are doing the positives, who are cheering for their team, again, as opposed to negatively um, cheering against the other team. And I get it. it we love our teams. Um, nobody, go, few people, I, I, I tend to be one of the few, but few people go to a sporting event without a vested interest uh, in one team beating the other. Um, since, since I have, since I oversee seven, it's rare that I, I pick I go and start cheering for one over the other. It's only when they play their non-conference games, I get to do that. Um, but it's really a matter of, we need to remember that ours is an extension of the classroom, that we are part of that educational experience and it's a learning opportunity for the students on the field it, or the court or the mat or the track or whatever other surface or um, playing uh, facility. But it's also a learning and growth opportunity for those in the stands to try and see this is what high school sports is. This is what separates us from club sports, from youth league, from adult league, from professional, from college. This is, and if you ask me, ours is the best. We have um, the best product available. Um, the amount of money that gets spent on high school sports from um, local school systems is a, an amazing bang for the buck because high school sports often don't get huge amounts of money. So the amount that we're able to provide for the amount that is invested, I think is huge. We need to, we need to showcase why we're so good and teach people how sportsmanship is essential to that. Uh, again, just spot on with all of those comments. And I wish there was a study on this. I've got a couple of uh, researchers that are involved, uh, you know, as guests on the podcast. I'm going to ask them this question. Uh, I, I think the, the effect 
of, and this is all anecdotal as a player, as a coach, as an AD, I think the effect of cheering for your team has um, obviously a, a tremendous uh, positive impact on their play and their attitude and, and all of that. I think the booing of the opponent um, at best, I, I think it's neutral. I don't think it has an impact on, let's say, our team. Uh, and I really think it detracts from, let's say, the home team's ability, you know, to focus and execute and achieve, um, you know, far and away more detrimental than if they put all that energy into cheering. Uh, so I, I'm going to ask my research friends about that if there's been a study done on uh, the effects of cheering versus booing. Okay, great, great stuff. Mike, this has been so cool, uh, you know, reconnecting with you. You know, we see each other at the conferences, and I know I, I gave you a hard time about ducking me, about being on the podcast, uh, but it's been great to reconnect. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with our athletic director toolbox segment. So we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, who sponsor this segment. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Michael Duffy is going to put in his athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We do want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the athletic director toolbox segment. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. We use surveys for years at my schools, and 95% of the time, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive, which is a tremendous tool to have if you're talking to a parent or maybe a board member about the value of your athletic program. At the same time, they can help give that squeaky wheel parent the opportunity to vent. And maybe that squeaky wheel parent actually reveals a small issue that you can address before it turns into a bigger issue that you never would have known about if you hadn't done the survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or shoot them an email at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest has been Michael Duffy, Certified Master Athletic Administrator. Well, Mike, we've established that you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. Uh, but right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on the very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go in Michael Duffy's athletic director toolbox? Um, for me, I think concepts um, and, and ways of doing things. And, and there's three that, and um, they all work around um, being honest. Um, so when I say them, um, the first one is honest presence, um, truly being present, which means when you're doing, when, when you're meeting with people, um, you're not on your phone and, and, I, and I'm uh, as guilty as anybody else of staring at my Apple watch too often. Um, so I, I put myself on do not disturb a lot. Um, but that honest presence that I need to, when I'm here, I'm here. Um, and it, it really is such a huge, huge component 
of how we need to do our jobs. It, we are so connected um, electronically to everything that is going on in our lives and around the world. But sometimes we need to be we need to be honestly present in what we're doing, and when we're doing our jobs and working with people, that's one of those times that we need to be there. Part of that presence is also the separation; that there needs to be personal time. Um, it, it is, and again, I'm extremely guilty of being the workaholic that if I wake up at two in the morning, I immediately check my phone and start to. Um, look for information and what did I miss and you know what calls and how do I deal with it so I, I get it um, I, as I said I'm guilty I, I missed I, I'm guilty of all the things I tell people not to do um, I, I missed a lot of things with my kids growing up because I was at everybody else's athletic events and I, I knew that at the time I recognize it now um, but um, you know we, there's only so many hours and we and we need to have that separation I've gotten a lot better at it um, still not as good as I'd like to be um, so, so the separate, the presence, I, I group those together, but that honest presence and separation, that, that is the one that's number one. Um, the second one is again, honest communication. Um, everything about our jobs is communication, but it's not enough just to give the, no, we never like, um, breaking people's hearts or providing bad news. Nobody looks forward to that but we need to be honest um, because that's essential in how we do our jobs. But clear and honest communication is, is so essential. Making I, I read every email usually three and four times before I send them because I wanna make sure that I'm not sending a tone I don't want, that I'm clearly communicating what I want it to say, that I try and be factual, but that I'm also honest. And when I'm sitting down with people, it's looking people in the eyes, um, being um, aware of body language, all of that falls into communication, listening, actively listening to what people are saying. Um, so for me, it's um, that honest communication is such an important thing. And the last thing, and to me, the most important thing about athletic administration and leadership in general, relationships, honest relationships, being honest with who we are, but everything about our job is about relationships. Everything about leadership I've ever believed is about relationships. We have to have um, and foster relationships with people in an honest manner, but dealing with it um, as well as much as we can and being upfront and building relationships because we have an opportunity to have an impact by building up people. And that is such a huge opportunity and responsibility that it shouldn't be forgotten at any point in time. Um, I, everything, when I work with students about student leadership, when I work with other athletic administrators, when I work with coaches, I constantly try and drive home the uh, importance of relationships because the greatest coaches, you can know every single X and O uh, and draw up the greatest plays that have ever been imagined and have all kinds of great things. But if there's not that relationship, if the kids don't understand how much the coach cares about them, it it's not going to be as effective. It really isn't. Um, I, I remember my playing days. Um, some, I don't know that at that point in time, I cared as much about relationships. Um, the world is different as you and I have just had that conversation. Building relationships is essential to growth. And we want our students to grow. We want our coaches to grow. We want, I want our athletic administrators to grow. 
but it all gets done through fostering and growing those relationships so that people can feel that safe space I mentioned earlier to have to experience failure in order to grow and become more resilient, become better at their jobs. And it's all about how do we deal with those things. So for me, it's truly about the presence, communication, and relationships. Those are the three things I would want anybody to focus on when doing their jobs. Wow. Again, really great stuff, really cutting to the heart of what we do with kids and coaches and, and mentoring and leadership. Very cool. Mike, thanks so much for sharing. If one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit more, and listeners, I certainly encourage you to take advantage of this great resource. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, my email is the easiest way. Uh, it's uh, mlduffy, D-U-F-F-Y, at carolk12.org. And Carol is two R's and two L's. C-A-R-R-O-L-L-K-1-2.org. Uh, mlduffy at carolk12.org. That's the best way to get me. Um, I And as I mentioned, I'm not really good at separating myself as much as I'd like to be. Um, so I get my emails all the time. Okay. And for our NIAAA members, uh, that information's uh, also on the NIAAA portal as well. Michael Duffy, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Jake. Uh, good to catch up with you. Uh, Thanks for uh, giving me this opportunity. It's really, I, I really appreciate it. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, we're very glad uh, that you took time to, to be with us. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of each interview get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. And before we go, we want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Tables and Video Boards. Our school is one of the first in Florida to have a Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Table, and it was just fantastic. Uh, we used it, of course, for home games, but used it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies, tremendously versatile tool, and the customer service was just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule a live web demonstration and see the tables and boards in action. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Once again, we appreciate you tuning in today to the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.